Today's Issues continues on AFR. Welcome back to Today's Issues on American Family Radio. Glad to have you with us for this final segment of today's edition of Today's Issues. April 21 is the date. Steve Jordahl in studio with us. Welcome, Steve. Good morning. Got my Huskies, got on the sled and uh, sled over here uh, this morning for is this. It, uh, is it snowing cold. that bad out there? It's not snowing, but it's cold. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we had one good snow this year. Yeah, we did. Well, some people wouldn't say it was that good, but. <laughs> yeah, some people didn't like it. I liked it. Yeah. After a couple of days, it was kind of old. I was ready for it to go. But, you know, here in the south, we don't get, in Mississippi, we don't get snow like you do up north. And when we get it, everybody's excited. Yeah. But we got a little taste of what it's like to live in Michigan and other places because after about five or six days of being stuck at the house, yeah, we were saying, where's the spring? Where's <laughs> exactly. the summer? Um, so it's funny how how that works. We, we claim, you know, the, the old saying, the grass is greener on the other side. Right. You know, you go, man, I just wish I wish I lived up north where I could ski and be in the snow, and then you get it for a week and you're already complaining. Whereas so. those that are up north are looking to the south, says at least you have grass that is green. Yeah. Like ours is covered up with snow. And to, to Walker's point, if they ever move down here, Right about July and August, yeah, when it gets brutal, yeah, they'd be sitting, they'd be going, I, I want to be back up north. Yeah, where's the snow? Where's the snow? <laughs> where's some cool weather? Yeah, I like, I love, I love where we live because you get a little bit of everything. So, all right, Steve, get us started. Boy, Fox News reporting. It's uh, one of the lead stories. I've asked uh, Brent to put this up on our Facebook page. Cartels at the southern border. We know that the smuggling of people across our southern border is organized by criminal elements, cartels. They are using TikTok and other social media to advertise to American teenagers to come pick up a load of illegal aliens and ferry them across the border, for which they are paid sometimes over $3,000 in cash for one carload of of, uh, illegals. Yeah, I I read where um, the cartels are taking advantage of the Biden administration laxed policy at the border. Um, and the, basically the cartels have been going bazonkers on the border with their criminal activity. Now, did Facebook comment, Steve, on did, – did Fox get, a, get a, a, a comment from Facebook yet on this? They did not. If they did, they did not put it in the article. Gotcha. I just wonder, yeah. you know, Facebook is on top of things banning conservatives uh, yeah, within a matter of minutes of you posting something they don't like. So I just wonder how long they're going to let these cartel ads run on, on uh, TikTok. Yeah, I'm looking at some of the, the uh, TikTok ads. One says, need drivers, must have a car or know someone with a car. $3,500 in one drive. Okay, so, so I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. Facebook owns Instagram. Yes. TikTok, I think, is owned by another company, partly Chinese-owned. Yeah, but I'm not sure that they're not using Instagram as well. Yeah, they they're may using be. whatever they can get to teens with. Sure. Yeah. So, so teenagers are seeing these ads, yeah. and then they are driving across the border to wherever they're told to go. They pick up a load of people who want to cross illegally, and they drive them. I'm not sure how they get across the border with illegal aliens. They don't. I'm sure they don't go through the checkpoints. Right. I've been through those checkpoints and. They look at the back seat. Yes. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Um, well, just, listen, uh, that. 
A lot of teenagers. Except, except for the, we can comment on the stupidity of uh, uh, teenagers who are willing to engage in human trafficking. Okay, let's set that aside. But it also shows you how lucrative this must be. If you're going to pay a teenager $3,500 to, uh, to ferry a car load, which how many people can you fit in a car? Right. can't be that much. How much money must these car uh, must these cartels be making? Oh, yeah, hand in, over in, fist in, uh, in human trafficking. If you know, they have, I'm sorry, one um, one tweet here said they have 15 ready for transport, uh, and I don't know how much they're charging, but I've heard it could be up into the four digits. You know, um, this cartel business is a terrible. Number one, it's a terrible business, but it's it's basically it's its own industry. Yeah, I mean, there's. Like you said, Ed, there's billions tied up in this every year. And, you know, President Trump kind of hinted at this about deploying the military to fight the cartels. But as long as this has been going on on our southern border, you would think that there would be some type of solution to this. I mean, these cartels are just dominating the border in all aspects, and there's so much money tied up in it, and even you have a uh, a partly corrupted Mexican government because you have cartels paying off political leaders in Mexico, which is a an entirely separate uh, issue. But it's just baffling to me that just so close to America, on our border, and even parts of Texas, are being dominated by these brutal cartels. Yeah. Um, the Fox writes, the sources told Fox that the recruited kids are often using their parents' SUVs to make the trip to ferry migrants without them knowing one teenager's mother, a nurse, started crying when she got a call from authorities about the business her daughter was conducting. But with authorities so overwhelmed by the not crisis at the border, teens are often getting little more than a slap on the wrist. Hmm. Well, I guess I guess if you, as a as a uh, presidential administration, don't have a problem with people coming across the border, then you wouldn't have a problem with teenagers making a few extra bucks. You know, right. some kids work at a uh, burger place, some kids mow yards, some kids engage in human trafficking, let the kids make their money for the summer. Well, and, and, I mean, and, and we ridiculous. laugh, but but the left, they can twist this to make this sound noble. Yeah, You know, you're helping yes. them flee oppression, yeah. bringing them to the land of the free and the home of the brave, even though you're yeah. breaking federal Me- law. Meanwhile, you're getting paid by money that drug cartels have, have received by... P- by trafficking in illegal drugs and prostitution yeah. and stuff, so but but you're right. That I I'm, I imagine that is going to be part of the argument is yeah. they're doing something noble. Yeah, and the, the 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 opioid crisis in America. You know, I've heard people say, "I wish we gave the opioid crisis as much attention as we have the COVID crisis." Yeah, right. Uh, because it's wrecking lives and families all across the country. That's yeah. our, our 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 discussion in the previous segment goes right to that, and yeah. and that is. That our country is experience, experiencing a time of moral decay, and we see this in the breakdown of families, but we also see this in the, uh, the fact that these drug cartels could not exist if it wasn't for the American market. Right. I mean, it is, it, it, America is driving the, uh, the production of and the trafficking uh, of these illegal drugs because Americans want them. <laughs> yeah. Right. So that that goes to the kind of uh, hollowing out of our country and the rotting out of our country. And you see every community, it's not just big cities anymore, every community, even small communities in rural America, 
yep. that are being devastated by crystal meth or, or whatever. What, you know, name your drug. Exactly. Well, speaking of prostitution, uh, <laughs> Cy Vance, the district attorney in Manhattan, has announced that he will no longer prosecute prostitutes or unlicensed massage parlors. And uh, it says putting the weight of one of the most high-profile law enforcement offices in the United States behind the growing movement, movement to change the criminal justice system's approach to what they call sex work. So wow. they're legalizing prostitution, basically, in, that, in Manhattan. Um, they're d- dismissing 914 open cases, along with fi- more than 5,000 cases that have already been prosecuted. They're expunging the records. Now, I'm curious as to whether... That district attorney is a George Soros district attorney. Remember the, all the money that was going to yeah. be spent to elect right. uh, district attorneys and prosecutors who are r- leftists, radical leftists, yeah. because that is not the prosecutor's job. Yeah, it is, it's, right. it's a state law or a city ordinance that is passed by duly elected legislators. It's not I, – I mean – the, the prosecutor does have some degree of uh, decision-making here, but they can't just decide there's an entire uh, category of criminal conduct that we're not going to prosecute because we don't think it should be illegal. Yeah. Yeah, and this really, this, this, honestly, this is, see, this is what's so bizarre about the Democrats is they claim to be the party of feminism and the party of women, but how is this helping helping women get out of, what is a terrible situation? I mean, ha- this is this is devaluing women down to using their bodies for income. Yeah, but what they'll say, and uh, please understand this, I'm just expressing their opinions. Uh, this is totally wrong. But what they'll say is that if you de-stigmatize this, make it legal, then it gives more dignity to these women. You know, uh, they can they can choose whether or not to engage in that kind of behavior. And it it uh, makes it harder for the traffickers to traffic them if it's legal. Yeah. That's what they'll say. So yeah, and it, it, that's, that's a good point because, as we talked about last segment, if you, do not have a, if you do not have a strict biblical worldview and if you do not believe in objective morality then and objective principles to live by, then anything goes. Yeah. And... and and if you want to do X, Y, and Z to bring in extra money for you and your family, then go for it, right? Because after all, it's your body. Um, except if it's abortion, then it's right. it's not not necessarily your body. Um, well, but, and, and and that's that's why they call them sex workers because they they say it's you know uh, being a sex worker is no different than working in uh, uh, you know at the electric power plant, and th- they they defend this kind of thing by saying. These women choose to make money in this way, and you are shaming them and therefore making them less safe when the fact of the matter is we have no idea how many of these women chose that as a profession or were trafficked in it. I kind of have to believe a vast, vast majority of women would not do this voluntarily. It's demeaning. It's it's ugly work. Uh, Why would, uh, you know, yeah. Yeah. Um, by the way, Cyrus Vance Jr., the son of Cy Vance, the oh, Secretary yeah. of State for uh, Jimmy Carter. Yes, um, and uh, he, did he he might have served some under uh, Bill Clinton as well. So that is the that is the uh, district district attorney in Manhattan. Manhattan, yes. Okay. 
Uh, consent decrees are back. Do you remember uh, uh, Eric Holder? Uh, at, uh, after Ferguson, the blow up at Ferguson, he started uh, making agreements with local police departments that you have to do this, and that, and the other reform if you want money from the federal government. Uh, they're called consent decrees, and they were forced or pressured to sign these agreements with the federal government, basically putting local law enforcement under control of the federal government. Well, they're back. Uh, Attorney General Merrick Garland announced Wednesday that the Justice Dep- a Justice Department probe into Minneapolis police after Derek Chauvin was found guilty on all charges of, in the death of George Floyd. The uh, investigation will assess whether the Minneapolis Police Department engages in a pattern or practice of using excessive force, including during protests. So another effort to nationalize our police, federalize just about everything in, in, in America. Yeah, and this is, from, from a political standpoint, this is, this is indict, indicting the, not in a, in a legal sense, but just in a, a, pol- a public perception sense, mm-hmm. the city's run by Democrats. <laughs> yeah. This is a Democratic administration going after a Democrat-run city, Minneapolis. And it's, it's, it's mind-boggling to me. And, and we saw this, to your point, with Eric Holder and the Obama administration, but it's, you know, the, much of the problems, not that Republican-run cities don't have problems, but, for example, we saw, I saw this, this is almost could have been a Babylon Bee article, but back in the Trump administration, President Trump said he made a statement that virtually all, all the cities with the highest crime rates are Democrat-run cities, the major cities, he said talking top 25, top 50 cities. Well, Washington Post did a fact check, and they found one city called Jacksonville, Florida, out of the 50 that was a Republican-run city. Yeah. The other 49 or 24, whatever the count was total, were all Democrat-run cities. So President Trump wasn't technically correct. There you In go. fact, so they, I think they, they used that as an example of him lying. Yes, and they provided a chart. And the top 25... 24 of the 25 were all blue, color mm-hmm. blue, and one, and it was at the, it was even at the at the bottom of the list was Jacksonville, Florida. It would be interesting Republic. to see the stats on Jacksonville, whether or not they are doing better controlling crime and caring for and their so cities. And so it's 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 the Democrats saying we're going to come in and fix it, but it's the Democrats running it. Yeah. And so it's like it's That's like Republicans coming into Republican cities and saying you guys aren't doing it right. Well. You all run the party, so tell us what we need to do better. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a that's an excellent point. Um, and it begs the question, why do inner-city minorities or people who live in these cities continue to vote Democrat? Almost reflexively, they vote Democrat um, to their own detriment. Well, right? I, I think part of the reason for that is, is generational, is that they have always, in other words, once you believe a certain narrative, it takes a lot to break someone out of that mindset. So if you think the Democratic Party is always the party that looks out for you, and the Republicans, on the other hand, are the party that wants to throw you off a cliff, okay, you are going to vote reflexively for the Democratic Party. It's going to t- I think it's going to take some, some sort of, uh, I don't know whether it would be one event or a series of events where 
minority groups in major cities go, the Democrats don't really care about us, and I'm not voting Democrat anymore. Yeah. I, I don't know what else. And I think, I think we are seeing that happen, but not at a fast pace. I mean, we're seeing a couple percentage points where you see minority voters come over to the Republican Party, cause, and when you survey them, they'll say, the Democrat Party's not doing anything for me. Right. Um, and, and you're seeing that, especially in some of these, some of these big cities where they're saying, I don't want to defund the police. Um, and we saw President Trump, despite him not winning overall, he, he actually got more Hispanic and, and black votes than he did even in 2016 this go around. And yeah. that's because the outcomes for those communities under President Trump were, were exceptional. And right. word of the wise, Republican Party, go back to the Trump administration policies with regard to African Americans or inner cities or these social issues, and I think you have a recipe for success if you're brave enough to uh, to follow it. Yes, yeah, well, so, so it's really it's really a matter of how long it will take for the majority of of these communities to wake up to the horrors of the Democrat party and will it be too late? Yeah, because you wait until uh, uh, some of whatever uh, green new deal stuff they can get passed and we already see energy prices already going up, okay? For you know, gasoline prices for example. But everyone who's looked at the Green New Deals in its various versions and permutations understand that it is going to affect energy prices for heating and cooling homes as well. Wait until that starts adding up. I don't care what you say your intent is. That is going to fall squarely on the shoulders of lower class and middle class people who have to pay higher bills. And once they start to see this is because of this Green New Deal, these policies— Maybe that'll be part of the opening uh, of the eyes as well. But what President Trump was able to do was to get unemployment rates down. Yeah. People could get jobs. Historic yeah. lows. Yeah, you know, historic lows for black and Hispanic communities. And that, I think, was part of what it took to uh, turn the, you know, change the minds of some of those voters. Yeah, and I said this last week, but I was giving tips to the Biden administration. Thank you. The <laughs> If they... If the if Congress and the Biden administration would set the unemployment payment to pre-pandemic rates of what you get paid per week when you're unemployed, then you would see the unemployment number go down to Trump administration levels. levels. And it could be even better than the Trump administration levels because apparently the economy is doing well, but we, we're basically incentivizing people to be unemployed, which gets into the employers having trouble finding workers yeah and, and that is that that is that is true uh, we've all seen uh i've seen it at mcdonald's i've seen it at one of the other local fast food places here jacks where they've got big signs out on the front doors now hiring and we i, I guess we talked about it on on the show one day i don't remember we talked about one of our story meetings uh that someone at a mcdonald's somewhere around the country put a sign out there and, and said, please be patient. We don't have enough workers. People don't want to work anymore. Yeah, I, And they could not find people to to work because they're getting paid more not to. It might be that if I had to work at McDonald's or something like that, I'd feel the same. But to me, I, the, the, I get bored at home. After more than a couple of days off, I'm ready to go come back to work. I love what I do. Yeah. So it's, you know, uh, there's that. But um, well, this is true. Even I, I mentioned that uh, someone I know 
who works in a uh, just a, ma- a major manufacturing is all I'll say uh, a major manufacturing firm. They are paying crazy offering crazy amounts of money per hour. Okay, just for uh, line work in a in a factory, also offering bonuses. And they can't, still can't find people. They can't find truck drivers mm. to deliver their products. They said, this person told me, said, we've got products sitting at warehouses, inventory, because we can't find enough truck drivers to drive the, the products yeah. because people are sitting at home. So yeah. I understand your point. It is true that fast food, working in a fast food place is not the most stimulating work. But this is true, I think, for uh, 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 right across our uh, economy. Yeah, uh, the economic landscape. Yeah, and, and and typical human nature is to be a little competitive, and you, you can't you can't rise you can't go up the ladder uh, when you're on unemployment. <laughs> there is no ladder to go up. Right. So you may start out at a fast food chain, and yeah, you don't want to retire there, but some people have to start somewhere, and starting an unemployment is not not the way you want to climb the ladder. And, and let me just say one other thing too. This person was uh, that I was talking with said that because they're having this company's having a difficult time finding workers, they are starting to invest in robotics. Uh. So they're starting instead to invest in machines doing what people do because they can't find people to do it. So when this is over and the amounts you're getting for unemployment go back to pre-COVID levels, as Walker mentioned, now some of these people aren't going to have jobs yeah. to go back to because they've been replaced by a robot. Yeah, sad. Hey, uh, as we leave, I'd like to introduce you to a young woman named Kirsten Henning. She is a soccer player at Virginia Tech. She is suing her coach. The coach's name is Chugger Adair. And she's saying that she was forced off the team, bullied and forced off the team because she refused to take a knee at the beginning of uh, the uh, soccer games. Uh, she says that she uh, supports black lives. She, black lives matter to her, but she does not support the BLM organization. And so it, she's uh, said that she was bullied off. She's seeking to be put back on the team, but she also wants the ruling to mandate First Amendment training for a dare for the coach. That's beautiful. <laughs> you know, I think she'll actually win that case. Because this is a state university? I don't know. It's Virginia a, Tech. Yeah. Yeah, so that's a public university. Uh, where her family is likely paying, well, she's either paying tuition or taxes or both yeah. in the state. And, you know, especially if there is no team ordinance or team rule that says you have to kneel for the anthem, which I think we would know if that was the case. So you can't just kick people off of public university sporting teams because they want to stand for the flag. Yeah. Yeah. Th- this is, I-, I think this is an easy win in court. This this Does this story say that she is going to she's taking this to court yes she's filed a federal lawsuit and what is the coach's name again i know you like saying this chugger adair chugger adair that's what i said this morning in our meeting i I, I dare you to say his Uh, name yeah coach chug (laughs) chugger adair that's a stupid that is a stupid uh thing to do to a player and i think that uh that coach is going to have to learn a hard lesson all right thanks steve my pleasure appreciate it ed All right, today's issues, American Family Radio. Glad to have you join us the past hour and a half. We'll be back tomorrow with more of today's issues.